Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. The Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Real people, real conversations. I am pumped to be part of Have the Conversation. This week's conversation is all about self-love, sex, relationships, and pleasure. Bringing her bright weeder light is sexual empowerment and dating coach, speaker, and expert in all things pleasure, Erica Weederlight. Erica helps individuals who feel broken, inadequate, and shame around their sexuality to reclaim their sexual power, renew relationship to pleasure, and feel alive and confident every day. We know this won't be the last conversation we have with Erica, but after the episode, if you're in need of more laughs and more realness, be sure to check out Erica's super bingeable podcast, Welcome to the Weeder Life. Get connected to Erica and all our podcast guests by visiting htcpod.com. And while you're there, subscribe so you never miss a conversation. When it's this cold outside, I know the thought of having a chili pad might not be that appealing. But did you know the chili pad is capable of maintaining a temperature of 55 degrees all the way up to over 100 degrees? No matter what temperature you prefer to sleep at, Chili Sleep products can help you achieve the best sleep you've ever had. Their products are scientifically backed, and firsthand I can tell you I've had one for about two years now, and sleeping when I'm traveling or not at home is actually a legit struggle because I'm totally spoiled. I can't unknow how great it feels to keep my bed at a perfect 70 degrees all night, and I'll never go back. Go browse their products at www.chilisleep.com, that's C-H-I-L-I-S-L-E-E-P.com, and use the code have the combo for a discount at checkout. That's have the combo, all one word, for a special discount on your Chili Sleep products. Sweet dreams. Well, and it's so funny because we like to do research on all our guests, obviously, before they come on. And so if they have a podcast, we'll give it a listen just to like see what they're all about. And Ever since I started listening, it has been binge, binge, binge. I cannot. You're hooked. Stop. Stop. I'm dead. Stop. I'm deceased. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I just, it's so good. You're hilarious. The message is wonderful. Um, And there's so many topics that obviously we want to cover today. But for our listeners, you uh, help people find their pleasure. You help them to feel comfortable in their own skin. And so we want to know, how do you do it? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. Also, I'm like cursed like a sailor. So I hope that's okay. So tell me if I have to be a good company. Okay. Okay. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is that okay? Um, You know, it's funny. I have to practice the dance. It sounds so stereotypical, but it's like, I have to practice the tools literally every single day, you know? And I hate that. I hate when people like preach this work and they just like, don't do the work, Mm. you know? So it's like, I have to for my clients, for my listeners, I'm like, Erica, you have to do the damn work. You know, like you have to do it. You have to show up. And that's like a huge component of like me being in integrity with it. You know, it's such a silly answer, but it's the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's big. It's big. <laughs> well, and you talked about, cause I never really thought about the purpose of pleasure. Like, obviously it's, it's a great thing to have and we all have access to it. But in one of your podcasts, you were talking about pleasure helping you heal your deep insecurities yes I'm actually taking off it's about to get real I'm taking off my I, was, I don't know if you saw that I was like here we go, we <laughs> here we go. Like, let's go. 
<laughs> I was like, we're about to talk about some real shit. Like, I'm going to take my earrings off. <laughs> um, okay, I'm obsessed with this question. So, yeah, why I'm obsessed with the pleasure movement is obviously, like, you feel good, you feel great, but someone that was so deeply insecure, like I couldn't be in my body. You know what I mean? Like I was so hyper-focused of like, what is everyone thinking? Like I was so exterior focused and so obsessed about like, I was just ripped out of my body all the time. Mm -hmm. And so when the priority was come back to pleasure, come back to pleasure, come back to nourishment, you don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, you're not following like, oh my God, am I saying this? Or is this weird? You're like, you are consistently checking in with yourself. Like, how am I doing? You know, what do I need? Like, it's a more of an internal conversation versus being so obsessed with what's happening on the exterior, you know? Yeah. Which is great. Cause I needed every <laughs> bit of it. You know what I mean? Like I was so obsessed. I was so obsessed and sewn up my body and so insecure. So it's funny. I think I'm, you know, if you ever listen to the episode, I'm sure you've heard that I've said, like, I never thought I could heal. You know, I kind of was like, I guess this is just what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it is is like truth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess this is just life. You know what I mean? Like, I guess this is just living and this is how it's going to be. So it sounds so stereotypical, but I'm like, if I can make deep transformation, so many people can, because I just thought, well, this is it for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So when you were walking kind of through it, did it stem back to anything like particular for you? Yeah. Wh- which piece? Just your insecurity. Did it like, was that, that one trauma moment? I know you've talked about that <laughs> in your podcast and things like that. Or was it just kind of an upbringing? I'm just so curious. Yeah, that's such a good question. I think it was a combination of so many events, you know, like bullying, having a learning disability, like just all, I think it all kind of snowballed probably by the time I was like middle school, I was like, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm done. And I think it informed my personality of like, and I've talked about this, but like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be goofy and all that shit, but I'm also going to have the first laugh before you do, you know what I mean? And that's what, what formed my personality, the defense at the time, the defensiveness, um, and that like self deprecating humor. And it's funny because for so long I like resonated with it. And now when comedians are so self deprecating, it gets like, you know, he's very problematic. You're like, he's It's okay. Yes. I'm like Louis CK. I'm sweating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm sweating. Cause I'm like, it's based in some realness. You know what I mean? So you're like, "Eh, ha ha. But like, I feel cringe. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm sure I put P and it's like, like I put, I definitely put people in that situation there where it's like, yeah, but like, uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, I'm scared, you know? That's super relatable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did you begin to step out of that though? Like, when did you realize this doesn't have to be the truth for me? Yeah, I, you know, I was obsessed with this work for so long. And then I, you know, there's not like, there wasn't that much accessibility to it. So like, I loved it. And then I popped out of it and I loved it and I popped out of it. And then when I first started my business, it it actually wasn't a business. It was like just to help people. Mm -hmm. So I'd go to work and then like very grassroots, like I'd have people come over, be like, come to my apartment. I'll teach you things. You know, like, it's like so funny, but like, I'll teach you Reiki. I'll do this for you. Like, and then I was pissed because it was accidentally, I was accidentally starting a business and I was like, no, I don't want it. Like I was so mad. 
bad because I was like, I don't want this. You know what I mean? Cause I'm an actor by trade. So I was like, no, no, no. So I saw this thing unfolding and I was giving to everyone else. And at one point it was like, when are you going to take your own advice? Mm. You know, and when are you going to do this work? Because I worked with so many like unhealed healers and like crunchy teachers that teach this shit and they regurgitate stuff they read from a book, but you're like, you're not doing the work. So it was like, if I'm going to like preach this stuff and I'm going to help these people, I'm going to look like a fool slash why would they do the work if I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be like, you should do this, this, and this. And I'm like, I'm taking none of that advice. So it was, it was like, I was gifted, um, the, like the accidental role of the teacher. And then I was like, ah, shit, like I have to, I have to do the damn thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like imposter syndrome almost. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of us deal with that. Even if we've been doing it for 10 years, you know, you still, you run into the same problem of like, even if it's just a day, am I this still like, do I believe this today? Am I good enough to help this person today? It's that's a, that's a daily thing. I think. Totally. I know when any like shit comes up for me, I'm like, well, I have to have the conversation with that person. And it's like, damn it. Why was I so on the nose with the name of this thing? Cause now I can't avoid it. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I hear people that like coaches and they're, you know, they feel like, you know, it's this like fine line. Like I hear people feel like I have to be perfect to hold space. And it's like, you don't like people. I, I think why people like me is because I'm such a hot mess. I'm not a hot mess, but you know, you listen to my podcast. I'm not put together. I fucking sing half of the time. It's so. so put together. I think it's like the most unique, beautifully put together thing. It, it, you don't give yourself enough credit. It is Thank wonderful. You. And hilarious. Thank you. And relatable. I think, like you said, everyone can benefit from this work. And it's so true. It is. And that's why, you know, and I'm sure, you know, you, you, you both know this. It's like, everyone preaches the thing of like niche, 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 you know, have that thing. And I'm like, I can't, you know, like, I don't want to talk to, I can, you know, and I do happen to see a certain, you know, same type that does walk into the zoom room to work with me, but I can't, like, I think that's a little bit for me, it feels it doesn't feel in alignment. Like I want to talk to the masses and I do feel like this work is for everyone. You know, this work is for everyone to feel better and feel aligned and be embodied. Like how is, you know, that's so, that's such an inclusive topic. Mm -hmm. How did you get comfortable with the topic of pleasure and sex in in general? Cause even just saying it for me, I'm like, eh. (laughs) You're like, how did you get comfortable with this topic that you teach? (laughs) Well, it's so funny because I think it's a daily shtick. I have to. And like, I'm like, oh, I have to deal with this today. But it's so funny because I, you know, like I was coasting under the radar for a while. Like I had my clients, I would do some articles, but I'm like, good. No one like really knows unless they really ask. And releasing the podcast, I was like, I didn't think anything of it. Like I was like, here I am, I'm releasing podcasts, whatever. And I'm not kidding. The amount of people that have reached out from high school, uh, it makes me sweat. And they're like, you're so brave. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't think you'd hear this. Forget about me, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Like, I didn't, this was an accident. Like, I did not, into, you don't anticipate that. You know what I mean? Like, I, when I'm talking, I think I'm talking to someone, like, I'm helping them and I'm inspiring them. And of course, they can still be inspired and helped. But I'm just like, oh my God, the level of like uncomfort. So I have to still sit with it. You know what I mean? Some days I'm like, yeah, I'm a badass and I do this work. And some days I'm like, Ooh, I got to breathe through this because it's, it's so 
uncomfortable and especially with different like generations and stuff like we could talk about it still like te but like with like older people and this they're like what does that entail you know so it's like I have to consistently like regulate my nervous system to have this talk you know because it's like it's such a triggering combo yeah what do you say to them when they when they say like really what do you do how do you explain it to the older generation yeah that's such a good question sometimes if I see people truly like pass away like I have to like I'm like like they are (laughs) you know, like they're, 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 they're out of this world. Like they're having an out-of-body experience. So I tailor it. So I'm like, it's empowerment. And I do talk about the piece of like, you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's more trauma-based, you know? So if like, if someone has experienced trauma or, you know, they are struggling with addiction and people are like, oh, okay, they could hear that more where they, if they think like, I'm like dancing in feathers every day, they truly black out. You know what I mean? <laughs> you are dancing in feathers every day. I'm like, I, here's a secret. I dance in feathers every single day of my life. <laughs> I wish, maybe I should commit to that. In the new there you year. go. I mean, new year, new goal. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's the type of goal setting that I'm about. <laughs> oh my God. I want to talk about the seasons of our bodies. That was yes. mind blew my mind. Yeah. Really? Oh my God. I'm so happy. Okay, good. Please. Yeah. Okay. You have the floor. <laughs> yeah. Okay, take, right. take it and run. Yeah, drink, drink <laughs> water for- With my very dramatic water sip. I'm like, hydrated for this one. <laughs> I'm like, here we go. We'll turn up the audio for that. Yeah. Earrings are <laughs> off. Chugging water. Get the feathers yeah, out. It's game time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, here we go. We're about to go in. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's, I, I'm obsessed with this conversation too, because, you know, society teaches that we're always in one season or we should, I should, I lied. We should always be in one season. And that season usually is spring, summer of like, I'm productive. I'm hot. I'm, you know, having these orgasms I'm doing like, it's, that is the narrative that is being produced through society. So when we're in a fall winter, it's like, we have this shame that we didn't even know was fucking shame. You know what I mean? Like, and we're like, why am I not? you know, why am I not hustling? Why am I not producing? Why am I not in consistent state of pleasure? And I wanted to normalize this conversation so we can take away some of that shame and some of that conditioning and honor what's really going on in the body. And an example right now is I hear a lot of clients are like, I'm not feeling the new year, new me thing right now. Like they're feeling like very much in winter, you know, they're like, I don't feel inspired to start something new. I don't feel inspired right now to work out or to apply to jobs. I really am in hibernation state. Like I want to, you know, process and, and almost be in like that cuddle, you know, position metaphorically and the shame, you know, comes in and they're like, but I should be producing. I should be a new year, new me. I should, you know, so there's a lot of shooting and a lot of shame. That's just like poured on top. And so that's part of why I wanted to do that first episode was normalize the conversation that you're not always going to be one flavor. You know, there's many different flavors. And one of my teachers who I'm sure you hear me talk about all the time, Regina Thomas-Shower is she talks about seasons, but she really more talks about emotions. And she says so often people play with just like two notes, you know, think of it a piano. And it's like, we just play two notes. We know those two notes. We know those two notes. She's like, but there's 88 fucking keys on a piano and we rarely touch them. You know, it's like, we just know these, we just know these, we just, and we're playing the same music over and over and over again. And there's shame and fear and all that comes up when we play with the other keys, but they're there. And that's, you know, that conversation goes for the emotion piece, but that also goes for 
our bodies and where we are in in time and space if that makes sense yeah so then what would you say to the person because I'm very much like the type you described my value lies a lot in my productivity which you talked about in one of your other episodes and I didn't even really put two and two together until you said it out loud and I was like that's that's me but what about the person who is maybe in winter too much maybe it's would that be considered like depression like how would that person allow themselves to feel that way but maybe try to get themselves out of it yeah that's really good because that's the thing too right it's like yes we talk about summer yes we talk about spring but we also could get stuck in the other ones and also it's like we know that you know we usually have one season that we really know so we tend to go back I think this sounds so silly but I think the first part of this conversation is like knowing that more is available because I think that gives us space to then move it you know like of course there's other steps after it but when we don't have the awareness it's like well I guess I'm just going to keep coming back to winter I guess I'm going to keep coming back to summer you know like you just keep coming back so I think yeah exactly exactly so I think it's like the first step is like knowing you can shift and doing it in a way that feels safe. So it would be so aggressive to suggest someone that's in their winter to be like, just get to summer. Like, I'm sure you could feel like the contraction yes. in your body. It's like, Ugh, like, no, like that feels, vi- honestly, that feels violating, yeah. you know? So it's like, maybe it's not from winter to summer, even winter to spring. Maybe it's like, it's still winter, but it's not as snowy outside. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe it's just like, there's, there's some sun, you know? So, and it's like, what does that look like for you? You know? Um, how can we solely incorporate more summer spring flavor without totally ripping you out of your body and into an experience that feels unsafe and unfamiliar? And that's, I mean, I'm sure you guys have picked this up from my work. I really want to honor people where they are. You know, I never want to force or rip them to a different place. I really want to honor and make it safe and normalize and accept where they are right here, right now. And lightly, gently move them towards where they want to be. So it's like a a dual effect, you know, like I want to normalize where you are. I want to not have you shame the shit out of yourself and crucify yourself. Like that's that. And then how can we get towards what you want with love and compassion, you know? Yeah. 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 It's similar. I mean, that's really the only way it sticks, I think, is like I do personal training. And so that's what we're always taught. You meet someone where they're at. I don't have you know, a 60 year old woman who hasn't worked out in 30 years, come in and put a barbell on her back and have her squat, you know, <laughs> talk about violating like that. Is not right. okay. Yeah. It's like, it's little baby steps to get them hopefully where they want to be. Exactly. It's just, and like you said, it doesn't stick. And that's why I released, I think an episode last week about like resolutions. They're great in theory and I'm about them. If there's a healthy way to hold them, you know, but if it's coming from a place of shame and you're a piece of shit, you know, like it's just not gonna stay. I mean, it could, there could be some length to it, but it's coming from such a gross contracted space, you know? So it's, I'm more about Hmm, like you said, meeting where you are and moving towards that versus like, I have to change, like I'm doing something so aggressive, like giving that person, that six-year-old woman, the like that feels so fucking aggressive, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's like, what's the half inch? Like, what's the half inch that we're doing? Not like the full, you know, final goal here. Yeah. It's so individualized too. So I, I would think that you'd have to have such a unique 
approach and like a broad toolbox to kind of dig into when you're dealing with with people with such unique situations that they're coming in into your work with. So who is like your typical client when you when they have a, a call with you? Who who are the type of people that are coming to you? Yeah, it's so I laugh because it's like it's such a mix, which I'm yeah. so grateful. I'm that's so, amazing. I'm so glad. Yeah, and it, you know, in the coaching world, I see so often like I market to this person, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just am like, Ugh, I don't want to do that over and over and over again. You know, like I just, I just can't. It doesn't feel fun or rewarding to me. But the people that I do see that come in the door, it sounds silly, but they want change, and they're like down to do the work, and they're committed to committed to doing that. Um, and like I said, kind of what we talked about, like they want more pleasure. They are healing from sexual trauma or they feel so not confident. You know, I just talked to a client earlier. That's like, I don't, and I can't explain to you how you've changed my life in regards to confidence. She, and she said, like, I was a shell of myself. Like I truly was a shell of myself. And she's like, I, you taught me that like, I can enjoy things and I can be confident. And I mean, you can't put a price on that shit. You know, it's just so rewarding to see these people grow and flourish. Yeah. Yeah. And I like too, that you talk about pleasure in such a broad spectrum. Like it's not just sexual. It's like, do I want to eat this food or do I want to curl up and watch this movie? And I thought about like having downtime and relaxing time that way, but I haven't thought about that in terms of pleasure like that. Like what is this list of things that will make me feel good? I love that very broad version of it yeah because it all and you know here's the thing it feels too like it doesn't feel good I mean sometimes there's a space for it because like we have to you know we don't have to but ideally we have to produce things to make money and, and live you know so we can't always be in our you know boa outfit that we talked about you know we can't always be like Erica and be in our feathers apparently <laughs> hey but if you can be both at the same time <laughs> that's the key that's the key and I that's what I teach my clients like how can you have both mm. and it, sometimes both like you know and I always say like oh can you do this at the DMV can you do this while you're, you know, yesterday, someone's like, I really don't want to do this um, furthering education class. And I'm like, great. I don't need you to be in a boa outfit, but like, what, how can you turn it up? Like two knocks. And for her, it was like, okay, I'm going to make my favorite cup of tea. I'm going to do this class in bed. And after I'm going to give myself like a really delicious chocolate. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be this like outrageous Las Vegas showgirl type pleasure, but why I love this conversation is it takes you from like victim it was just gonna say something so gross it's like it takes you from victim to vixen and I was like ew Erica go to bed um, like that's so gross put that on your background right there <laughs> victim to like, from victim I'm like disgusted with myself but <laughs> but and there is some baby truth to that you know like it takes you from right. you know and instead of being like oh this sucks like you know you feel like the day has been ripped away from you. Like I have to go to the DMV. I have to do this. I have to do this. It's like, okay, how can you take your power back? Yes. You have to do those things to be a functioning human, but how can yeah. you, you know, yeah. Like have your power in it and your stake in it instead of being like, I'm just a victim to this day. I'm just a victim to these circumstances. It's like, okay, what's my role in this? How can I add a little bit of magic in this? How can I kind of co-create with this thing instead of feeling like life is taking you? Mm. Yeah, inject your joy into the situation. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. That's so, that's right on the money. Is that a tough perspective to change though? Because there are a lot of people who have lived their entire lives truly believing 
they are the victim of this circumstance or these people. And it's almost like that's the narrative they fed themselves so long that they don't want to believe that they could make a change or make it any different. Yeah, it's your so, yep, because uh, that's, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's why I hate saying like, and I fucking would never because it makes me cringe, but that's why I'm like, victim to vixen. Uh, <laughs> the vixen part is very cringe. I love it now. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> it's growing on me. Yeah, I'm like, let's make a hash- hashtag, do merch. Yeah, that's um, my goal for 2022. <laughs> <laughs> but why I'm like resistant sometimes, even in the podcast, but like, or going on podcasts, why I'm resistant to saying the word victim is like, some people really have been victimized. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's like, I hate when the, you know, some of the people in the coaching world throw out like, you're a victim, you're a victim. And I'm like, some people are, you know, some people have experienced massive trauma and abuse and horrible situations. So there is truth to that. So that's why I don't want to like dampen the, the, the victim thing. And so it's a two-parter. So it's like, yes, there are real victims of horrendous situations end 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 for the situations that are lighter where we kind of cause our own suffering or cause our own pain that's a huge part of my work as a coach Mm -hmm. because I have to keep calling out you know people like lovingly but being like "Uh uh-huh you're so cute like (laughs) that's so cute (laughs) like you're 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 putting yourself like you're you're creating pain through stories and this and that so it's a two-parter you know it's like if there is real trauma we hold that a little bit differently, but if we're creating our own pain through stories and all of that, as a coach, I have to lovingly and gently kind of call that out and be like, okay, like, I see you, I see you, but you know, so it's a lot of me for the first, honestly, the first few months, I just have to remind people and they're like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Cause they, they don't even realize like how that's, who they they're being you know what I mean because it's like you've known it for so many years are they open to it for the most part I get yes and I get a lot of objections because it's scary you know it's like you're asking me to change so much you know so people are of course scared so I get like I have gotten every excuse in the book like it's not for me I don't have the time I don't have the money I don't have whatever I I mean everything I'm like "Uh uh uh-huh uh-huh and I can't I'm like okay like again meeting them where they're at but I have to remind them you know keep coming back keep coming back keep coming back to what they want so objections are always out and about I mean I still have my objections to my coaches and stuff I'm like but and they're like you're so cute anyway you know and I'm like damn it (laughs) (laughs) true you give people empowerment, but then you take away their excuses. And I think that's what's very frightening for people. Yes. And exactly. That feel, because the excuses in a way feel like, which it's not, but in like a delusional world, it feels like they're empowering because mm. you feel safe behind them and you feel justification behind them. And you're like, no, no, but Erica, you don't understand. I don't have the money or I don't have the research. And again, there's some truth to some of these things. I don't have the time. Like there feels like there's a safety net. Mm-hmm. So when someone's challenging that, you know, it could be both exciting and anxiety inducing, you know, and that's a big part of this work is like, oh my God, I'm so excited to change. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And then I'm scared shitless because what will happen? You know, like, who will I be? You know, will I trigger people? Will I, you know, there's so many fears 
of what's on the other side of this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I loved in one of um, your pod, I think it was your very first episode when you were talking about letting go, it was to take the things that scare you and then to really sit down and be like, well, what's underneath here? Let's unlock that. Why is it so fearful? Um, and it wasn't just in the, like the sexual context of like pleasure. It was very much of like the white Mercedes, right? Like you want yes. this, but what about that is like, you're three years in and you still don't have it. What What's keeping you back? And I, I thought that whole concept and that whole um, kind of assignment, if you will, to sit down and really write out the good things, the pros and the cons list of it was, was beyond powerful. I was doing it for myself in certain areas when yes. I was listening and I was like, this is real. I had never thought to look at it like that. Right. And it's like, you know, we all have, and if anyone wants to check her out, she has like a very thorough, so mine's kind of more butchered, but she has a very thorough process. Her name's Carolyn Elliott. And she does kind of like that fear, like going through the whole fear thing. Um, But exactly. It's like, we all want things. And then we're like shit on ourselves. Like, why hasn't it happened? Why hasn't happened? Something must be wrong with me. I don't know how to manifest right. I'm broken. Like we just create all these stories of why we're broken or messed up or something's wrong with us. Uh, we're not worthy of the thing. And then it's like, I love that tool because we're breaking down, again, the white Mercedes. We're breaking down the mm, objections we have, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's really important. And it, first of all, it makes us feel more, you know, it normalizes us. It makes us feel more sane of like, oh, this is why I wasn't going towards the white Mercedes. I say I want a white Mercedes. <laughs> we'll always use this fucking example. But, <laughs> you know, I say I want a white Mercedes, but I'm really fearful if I show up and have a luxury car, people will use me. I'm scared. I'm not good with money and I'll burn through. My-. You know, it's like, it's so funny because we say we want these things and then we have so many fears and objections underneath it. So the point of this work or one of the point of the, you know, this work is to get underneath that stuff and to like sit with that shadow and turn it around so you can actually have the thing that we want mm-hmm. yeah. guilt-free yeah <laughs> yes yes and I should say have the thing we want and be the uh, more importantly be the person that you want to be yeah. because it's great to have the white Mercedes it's great uh, you know the trips and the travel you know that shit's great but it's like why I love this work is watching people transform on their way to getting there because it's not about the white Mercedes but At it's all. who that yeah. person yeah it's who that person has to be to get that thing or to be, you know, then they have to show up and clear their money blocks. They have to show up. You get what I'm saying, but it's watching the person step up, transform, um, and be who they, you know, who they always wanted to be. That is the magic. And then the other stuff is just, you know, icing on icing. What's the word? Yeah, icing on top. I'm like, well, yeah. I just had a, I was just like, cake. what's icing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the cherry on that icing. <laughs> yeah. I literally was like, what is icing? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think this is incorrect, but thank you for supporting me. <laughs> hey, that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, you know, with the good stuff on top. <laughs> All the goodies. <laughs> All the goodies. <laughs> so uh, self-love obviously is a spectrum and you've got the people, this this was me to an extent of, you know, self-love is selfish. I don't have time to do this. I don't have the resources, that energy. Then you've got the other side of like, you touched on it in your podcast, kind of like a narcissistic type of self-love where you put yourself above everybody else. Everything. How do you help people on either side of that? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Because I also see, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever, li- if you listened to this podcast episode, but I think it's fucking hilarious. So um, really briefly, and I'm just crossing my legs. So don't mind me. I'm just I know, I'm yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, here we go. We're sitting down. Um, but um, I, uh, I think I talked about this one of the podcast episodes is, you know, I was doing this work and it was about pleasure and feeling good and self-love and all that shit. And I remember so clearly, I think I talked about this. Um, we went to Mexico and I broke my foot in Mexico. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't, I literally needed people. Yeah. My personal, like I could do, couldn't do shit. And I needed the worst people. fucking nightmare, by the way. And, <laughs> no, me too. I remember I was like, well, it happened. I guess I could survive this. Like it, ha- it fucking happened. <laughs> and I remember my mom, when I left, she's like, don't get hurt. I'm like, mom, why would I get hurt? Two days later, I'm like, I'm hurt. <laughs> you cursed me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn you. Um, so like, <laughs> couldn't do shit. Like literally so dependent. I remember I was like, well, this is a community of empowered women. Of course, like people are going to scoop in and some were amazing and you know, whatever. But a lot of the narrative I heard was like, if I was like, oh, can you take me to class? I'm so sorry. Do you mind taking me to class? Or like, can you take me to breakfast? And it was, yeah, that's not my pleasure. I understand that response. It makes me cringe. Yeah. Because I think, you know, what we were learning in that school was, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. And it's like, what's in your pleasure? And I remember talking to the head teacher and the teachers after, and they're like, yeah, people always fucking misconstrue this work. And they think it's like, and that's where I saw it was so selfish based of like, that's not my pleasure. And I'm like, that's not, you know, and I would see people be like, oh, I mean, this is an extreme example, but like, I don't really want to do my taxes. That's not my pleasure. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like that, you're taking the word. Yeah, same. Not an excuse to be an asshole. <laughs> right, like, I'm like, excuse me? Like, what? So that's where I see the work going so askew. And that's yeah. where it is frustrating. And I do have to, my clients never really get there. But if I do notice that they start to be like, you know, I'm not going to work on this day. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, like I- you do have to, you know, I do want to, it's a balance, you know, of like getting so selfish, but here's the real thing with the self-love, like the real self-love when you do it right, when it's in alignment is actually such a gift to others. Because if I'm really loving myself, if I'm really nurturing myself, I'm not like taking from you, meaning I'm not like sucking you dry of energy. Um, even think about it in partnerships, like someone that's like very anxious. It's like, oh, I need you to validate me. You know, I need you to be okay. Like, oh my God, like you feel that. But if you have that true self-love, you can allow that person to breathe and have space. And also it's so, you know, stereotypical, but when you shine, it gives other, per- other people permission to shine. Mm-hmm. And that's such a big part of my work. You know, like I think people have seen me over the years and they're like, you just, you know, yes, I think I'm good at my job. And I think I, there is power to my words and all that shit. But I think a big part and a big component of why it's transformational is they see me just showing up, mm-hmm. you know, and that in mm-hmm. itself, like, oh, I see Erica being a fucking wackadoo and singing on a podcast, <laughs> like on her weird, <laughs> weird ass magic. I see that bitch showing up like I can too. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's so much to it. And also like, really briefly want to talk about like the parenthood conversation real brief but like I have I see like mothers and fathers and you know non-binary parents that are just like it's it makes you sweat how you know like when they're like yelling at the kid and I'm like oh god oh god oh god so like for me like the best parenting is when the parent could walk away take good care of themselves and show and 
you know, really come back to the relationship. Like that is such, and so funny, like we're selfish if we do self-love. It's like, that's the biggest gift ever, you know? So I, I particularly love to work with moms because they, their relationships with their partners and their children are so, so, so different. Um, and in actuality, it's like not selfish at all. It's a huge, huge gift to others, you know, that they can be with you and you're in a juicier place supposed to being like, oh, yikes to be around. Um, you know, that's what, that's my biggest desire for my friends and family that are struggling. You know, I don't want them to have, I mean, listen, I want them to have the white Mercedes too, but I want them to have this work, you know, like I'm like act that all I want, you know, and they have the narrative. I know people that have the narrative. Well, it's selfish. It's selfish. I'm like, no, please, dear God, you know, get in the room with someone that could, help you with this stuff. Cause if you really do love yourself, it would be such a gift to all of us because then you would be less cranky and, um, agitated in this and that. So it is actually a very selfless act because you're giving to yourself, which then gives to others. Um, and, and again, it teaches the kids to do that for themselves too. Exactly. And also it's, it's sets up like, um, a, a beautiful relationship that the parent, yeah, exactly. It's like helps the child that they're like, oh, I'm worthy of this. But it's also like teaches that like, you shouldn't, have, I'm trying to word this eloquently, but it's not happening. But like, you know, like, I'm like, what the hell do I fucking say this? But that the parent like shouldn't be abused, you know, like yeah. so it's, it's, I, and I see actually I have clients sometimes that there'll be like, you know, they teach their kids to draw them a bath for them. So it's actually not just, you know, we, of course the child is there to receive, 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 but it teaches children also to give mm. and it's like, oh my God, my mom, it's not like my mommy is just a punching bag <laughs> and she's just gives and gives and gives. Yes, that she is there to keep me safe and protected and all that shit. But it is also powerful to be like, hey, babe, come like mommy's going to take a bath. She's going to clean herself. She's going to take really good care of herself for 30 minutes. Do you want to help me in that? Like they get to experience what it would feel like to give and they see a full human opposed to a shell of someone which is tremendous just yeah. like a vending machine slash EPM. yes Holy. yes <laughs> exactly exactly it, it's so I think it's such a valuable tool like we're saying like for them like to know like I'm worthy of this also it's so counterintuitive for a parent to say take good care of yourself your fruits and vegetables and all that and the parent is just not there you know so that's like true modeling um when you take really good care of yourself that's modeling to the kid like oh I'm worthy of you know taking moving my body and you know all the stuff that that we're kind of talking about here yeah that life-giving stuff Mm -hmm. yes exactly because it makes it's like okay you're saying this but you know like you're saying all, all to do these things but you're not showing me what that looks like because we all I think that's the issue too with the self-love shit is it's like it's so conceptual it's so instagrammable like we all get it we could all share it. we could all be like yay face masks and then it's like no one's going really deeper with the conversation yeah like I think we all get it you know we're like yeah yeah I get it but there's like an underbelly that we're not like exploring talking about and normalizing mm-hmm. yeah taking care of yourself is everything <laughs> that's all we got yeah. right like that that's exactly I saw this thing the other day it was like what if we normalize like your kids seeing you work out so that when they're adults they don't they aren't fearful of going into the gym themselves or like doing all these things and so like it is critical in in our family like that our kids see us active and doing things and taking good care of ourselves and and now it's funny they get home on Friday and they love Fridays because they're like 
I'm going to run a bath. I'm going to like, they do their own thing. Like they all just go and take out my daughter. She's like a maniac, but like, she'll get up and she just wants to like go work out and go do things herself. And she has her schedule because it gives her the energy to do the things that she wants to do. You know what I mean? And I wish I could say she did that on her own, but I know it's because my husband and I show up for ourselves and that feels really arrogant saying, and I don't know why, but but it, it's not, it's, I had to learn to be that example. And my kids were mirrors to me because I, they needed to see that. Cause I don't want them to have to go through some of the struggles that I did with that stuff. That's I'm like obsessed with that. That's such a huge celebration and you should be so proud of yourself. I know it's, you know, cause it feels yeah. like, oh, I feel bad. I feel bad. But like, that's just weird to say. I never say it all. <laughs> right. I'm like, listen, listen, it's all good. It's a safe space. I told you I was dressing up in boas. So. <laughs> victim to victim yeah I'm like there's no holding back apparently today so just fuck you it's a safe space <laughs> perfect no it, it's very very it, it's cool because I I don't think that I had that growing up you know what I mean yep my parents same. were busy and it was the hustle and it was the getting ahead and and hard work and I'm so thankful for that because that's allowed me to get in a lot of doors because of that work ethic but it was the other side of things that it was just kind of like wow I saw them running themselves ragged to support us, but I didn't see them really taking care of themselves in, in ways that I could have learned from, you know? It's so true. And I think it teaches kids to like how to respect other people. You know, like I see, you know, different families and stuff where it's like, again, like you said, like the ATM, the, that it's like, it's just that take, 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 take energy. And again, they're children. So they do need to receive and all of that. But right. It's, they're not seeing, sometimes they don't see the parent as a full human. And so I think if they're like, oh, mommy needs to walk away and take a bath. I think you kind of build empathy and you build, there's some of that going on. And so I think that that's why it's like, oh, it's selfish. It's selfish. It's like, it's so not like it's teaching kids, which is huge, but also family members, friends, you know, it's, it's such a gift. Um, and here's the thing, when it does go to the, it's not my pleasure, that's not real self-love. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's bullshit. Excuse. You know, it, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> excuse not to do something. Yeah. Right. Because I think, and I always say this to my clients, is like, I think, you know, I it's a silly example, but you know, I love examples, but like, real self-love to me is it's almost like a bank account, you know? And it's like, you want it to be in the green, of course, but like, let's be, like, of course, we're gonna do things like pleasure and this to like, make deposits, make deposits. And ideally I tell my clients, like, watch where you're withdrawing, you know, like, is it negative beliefs about yourself? Are you doing toxic shit? Like just notice. And here's the thing, life happens. So like, you're going to be in the red sometimes, like deposits quote unquote, are just going to happen because tragedy happens, you know, we're a pandemic happens, like notice, you know, like, and instead of like overriding that and being like, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm not going to deal with my taxes because it's a withdrawal, sit with it and be like, okay, how can I you know, like we talked about, how can I make my taxes fun? Or, oh my God, I'm in such a devastating situation right now. How can I take really good care of myself? Mm-hmm. That's true love is self-love is balancing both. Like, yes, I am doing the pleasure and depositing the self-care and all that good stuff, but like life does happen. And so when I do see people go to the other end of the spectrum, I'm like, that's not true. That's not to me, integrated self-love. Mm-hmm. That's like bypassing real life. And that's not true love then, you know, that's not true self-love. Right. You talked about your self-love really kind of starting when you started speaking your truth. Yeah. Can you get into that a little bit? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you like, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was like five octaves deeper. Um, <laughs> I was so such a, it feels like such a different lifetime, but such a yes, man, such a, I don't want to rock the boat. Um, and here's the thing. So I would do that and then I would fucking blow up. And it was like, oh my gosh, you know, like it would be like, you know, 1995, you ate a ham sandwich and I wanted a piece. And you know, like it was like, what? Like, what? Like, where is this guy? Like it was so I've been there. I <laughs> yeah, I did it. <laughs> and they're like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I just was sandwich and I was pissed. And they're like, Oh, okay, I'm so sorry. You've been harboring this for years. Yeah, I'm still so- pissed at a boy from fifth grade. So like I <laughs> you're like I understand like I am so I mean same but you know like I've got Betsy trauma so there's (laughs) there's a a girl from fourth grade that I bring up every other episode (laughs) I'm like damn you Betsy Betsy. (laughs) sorry Betsy (laughs) she's like fuck I'm sorry yeah yeah he knows what she did I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. So I think that's like, I just wasn't speaking anything, you know, and it, like, I was like, it's okay. It's like, just, and here's the thing that was part of where the pleasure helped too, mm-hmm. because what I noticed, what my pleasure was, I was like, if something was happening that wasn't that I was like, Ooh, this is a hard no. You get what I'm saying? So we'll take the food example, pretend like my pleasure that day was to really nourish myself. Um, this is a weird example, but really nourish myself and eat salad and all this shit. Right. And someone brings in McDonald's, I would have the impulse to be like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to go against my body and do that thing. Does that make sense? And add this, you know, to a, to a partner too, a partner situation, um, of like, okay, this is my pleasure. This is the touch that I want today, but they're going in with like aggression in the past. I'd be like, it's okay. I'm going to avoid this. But when I was really fluent with pleasure, I'm like, Whoa, this feels like a violation. Mm -hmm. The pleasure language I'm speaking right now is, can you go softer? Or the pleasure language right now is I need to have my kombucha and my, and my green juice. And I I feels violating to eat the McDonald's like a dumb example, but I think you get what I'm saying. Like the pleasure taught me what my truth was mm-hmm. and when I kept going against my truth against my truth I was like I have to speak up about it and it doesn't have to be mean but it, it was just like oh no thank you that's just it's just no thank you you know so pleasure helped me formulate and almost like validate my needs because mm-hmm. my it's like we talk about like your needs your wants and it's like that's such like a, a like what does that mean you know yeah. like people are like I don't know what that means so pleasure actually was a portal to help me know what my needs and wants were and then speak them because like I said it was such a violation when I would continuously go against them in all different areas and then you kind of lose trust in yourself too major at a certain point major yeah you're like I know what I want. I know what I need. And I'm continuously going against it. Mm-hmm. That feels horrible. And you don't trust yourself. Cause you're like, I don't trust myself to say I can't eat McDonald's. How am I going to trust myself to, to be, if I'm in a dangerous situation or if I'm holding lots of money, how do you know? So <laughs> that's part, you know, like that's part of this, this trust piece when people are like, I can't trust myself. I'm like, great. Can we start to trust yourself on a, you know, a smaller scale? Like, can you trust yourself to know what you want to eat for dinner that night? Or, you know, can we break it down into a bite-sized conversation versus something as big as, I don't know how to hold money. I don't know how to handle money. I don't know how to pick a partner. It's like, those are big things. Let's like scale down to 
little things that you can hold. Back to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, hold on, let's get go to the kids' meal. Let's roll back. <laughs> Do you notice that um, like pleasure blocks essentially are, is there like a common theme for people within them? Yeah. Oh my God. Such a good question. A lot. Um, we're here. Oh, I have like so. I have all the thoughts at once. I was like, <laughs> like I just got it all. I was like, they're happening. Um, <laughs> you know, trauma is a big one. Yeah. Of course, right? Because it's the body, and so often when trauma occurs in whatever state, we don't feel safe in our body. So that we're just in a state, a state of contraction. So when someone has trauma, and I'm asking them to soften not even fully soften, but I'm asking them to soften and to receive, it feels like red flag city. You know what I mean? It's like, again, it's not even about the sensual sexual conversation. It could even be, what do you want for dinner? It feels like, nope, bitch. Like, no, you know, like all alerts going off. So that's a big component. Another one is like worthiness and deserving. You know, we live in a hustle, like we're talking about, like more toxic. There's nothing wrong with the patriarchy, but more of a toxic patriarchal society that tells us to hustle and produce and you can have a treat but you know when you complete that thing when you get you know six figures every day you know like you can have that treat at the end you gotta earn it Mm -hmm. and it's the blood sweat and tears culture of you know blood sweat and tears blood and blood sweat and tears and then you could have something but we know the fucking we've been in it so many times I'm sure both of you have experienced this you've told yourself yes blood sweat and tears and then I get it blood sweat and tears and I get it and then we don't you just keep pushing that next thing yep. that next deadline it's, yeah. it's like yeah, oh well, that wasn't good you know I was thinking about this I was doing this yesterday I got asked to do this huge article and my first impulse was to celebrate but I was like yeah but you know and it's like it oh we always push not done always, yet or whatever yeah yep it's not done yet or well I'm only doing a commentary of the article it's not the whole like we just keep pushing and Minimizing, pushing and pushing, yeah. pushing yep and and we don't know how to celebrate so it's kind of like a half, like, woo. Anyway, you know, like next, you know, like it's, it's not like a so full, true. like. We, right? we, we deal with that within like the HTC community because yeah. Leanne and I do um, live shows sometimes on Thursdays for, we, we meet for coffee and we chat and we do our peak of the week, like something great that happened. It doesn't have to be like an achievement, just something that made us feel good that week and trying to bring people in on that process. People do not know how to answer for themselves and it like blows yes. my mind. It blows my mind that people will not respond to something good that happened for them or that showed up for them in their life. I don't think it's so crazy to me. What? Yeah. And that's, I make my clients every, you know, if, if we get to it, I always have them brag or celebrate and they're like, yeah, but Erica, you know, nothing happened this week. I'm like, no, I'm not asking for a lifetime achievement award of something crazy. Like you got up and you made this call on time. You know what I mean? Or you went to work today and you didn't feel like I'm like, and they're like, no, no, that's not enough. You know? So I think there's like a big conversation of like, it needs to be like this grand gesture. Like we keep lying to ourselves. Like, okay, once I do this and I'll be happy once I do this. And we just keep like, once I lose the 10 pounds, I'll be happy. Once I have a partner, once I get the six figures, it's like, there's always something we're really cute at like pushing it. And also here's the thing. We don't know how to celebrate. So what makes us think all of a sudden we're going to know how to then hold it and celebrate it. And I think there's fear of like, you know, I don't want it to go away. I see people so often are like, I'm scared shitless if I celebrate and I'm happy, That'll it's going to be, be it. ripped out from, yeah. yep. It's going to be ripped out from underneath me. I'm so it's like, that. Yeah. yep. Yeah. And same. Yeah. It's like, I'm fearful of this. So I'm just going to be like, uh, that's okay anyway. You know? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> what, what would happen if you celebrated the shit out of it? 
And, you know, what if like, and that's okay. And if it did go away, we still would be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, first of all, probably won't go away, but telling ourselves normalizing in our body that like, I can hold this, I can hold this. If it does go away, I'm strong enough. I have the tools, but I also could hold the good stuff because we know how to hold pain. We know how to hold pain. No, we that don't know well. how to hold. Yeah, we're like, got it, locked and loaded. Right on like my new baby. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But but holding <laughs> I love it. But holding good shit is not we don't know it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we know how to hold pain, we know how to hold suffering, but like why do you think that I'm, is? That's so wild. It's, it's I think it's threat. It feels threatening. Because yeah. what happens if it goes away? But it's like, okay, if it goes away, I could deal with it and then I can open something else more, that's good. You know? Like- right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, okay, that went away. No problem. I can create something else. Or but it feels really threatening to have something good and then the fear of it going away. But then it's like I, I so I have that fear all the time, but then you're robbing yourself your life. Yeah. You know, like you're just, ro- we're robbing ourselves. And that is, it's just, it's so sad. Yeah, it makes me so better, sad. Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, come on, <laughs> you got this. <laughs> well, and that kind of goes into the topic of clearing space before you bring something that mm-hmm. you desire into your life. Um, I loved, you said on the podcast that it was a dumb metaphor, but I thought the dirty water <laughs> metaphor was spot on. <laughs> I was like, what metaphor did I say now? So thank yeah. you for reminding me. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> I like black out when I record these things. So that gives me hope. Yeah, no, it's a, it is a good one, right? The, the pouring. And if anyone hasn't heard this, you know, the metaphor is, you know, you don't want to have like dirty water and pour fresh water on top of it like that it's just murky then so even though it's uncomfortable and we go into scarcity mode of fuck I have to dump this water that has the Brita beads in it you know like it's scary because sometimes our brain goes to no no no, just keep keep it it's okay it's a little bit dirty but it's probably still you'll be drinkable. fine yeah yeah you'll be fine it's okay you know like it's all it's that scarcity story rule. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's fine they're just Brita beads it's all good it's all good but like the invitation is how can you you know dumping that murky water making space cleaning out the cup and then bringing in new water fresh water and that's you know how I talk about you know emotions and newness and mindset all of that it's like we have to dump our shit before we bring in new because we're just then we're creating on top of undigested shit and I undigested stuff whether it be good bad it just goes to shit so even like I'm sure you guys feel this way too it's like I know I feel backed up like a Thanksgiving meal when I don't celebrate enough Mm. you know like I'm even right now I'm like oh my god so much good stuff even nothing it's honestly it's nothing crazy but it's uh, some, something as silly as oh my god the You're airline gave again. me a refund <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're doing it again. <laughs> I <got> you. <laughs> it's not that great but I should celebrate it but <laughs> yeah like but uh you know <laughs> life is fucking great I've got great yeah. things going on yeah <laughs> right 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 and it's like it's it, it's that like mini celebrations of okay I got a credit for a flight or I'm so grateful that I had a good conversation with a friend but it's like if that builds up even though that's good stuff it builds up and we don't digest it we don't process it It kind of isn't like 
it goes into womp womp energy land Mm -hmm. and so it's like yes we have to process the hard stuff you know like we have to process that we have to move that through our body but we also have to celebrate the little things because it helps it helps us open up space for like oh my god I got that refund for that airline (gasps) what else what other money can come in or maybe I didn't sign the client but we had a great discovery call and I got a new follower on Instagram like it doesn't have to be like the end goal but once we start to process we're like oh things are going well Mm -hmm. instead of it being such a you know black or white thing of like it's either nothing or it's phenomenal Mm -hmm. because we rarely live in phenomenal yeah life is so nuanced who who, sorry I didn't mean to catch up um what about the people who try to like rush that process you know what I mean because it's so it goes back to that season conversation um yeah you you can't rush your digestion. You know what I mean? In so many different ways, right? But yeah, but yes. <laughs> yeah, like wait, my tummy. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it from like an emotional standpoint because um, I've been dealing with grief for for over two years now, like hardcore grief, right? And it's just fed my depression. And I've tried to do things to actively move past it. And grief is a monster, you know. Yeah. Like it, it takes time and, and trying to put. Like, oh, I'll be fine in a year from now or whatever. And in, in, in doing the work and then allowing yourself the space for that, that's hard. Yeah. Then it yeah. just becomes like a part of you. <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. I don't know what I'm you trying are. to get at. But, um, no, you are. But trying to rush those processes of, of having events happen, good, bad, and different, you need to sit with them. And, and there's no timeline, I guess, on that stuff. No, it's so true. And I think it's really toxic when people, you know, quote unquote experts say like, you know, your grief will get better, you know, if it's a loss of a loved one or even a breakup, like at this amount of time, like that is so fucking toxic. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's a part of you, like it's a part of who you are. And so that's, you know, I'm going to give a very, an example that's no, the grief is the most, you know, the most painful. So I'm going to give a, a, a way lighter example is let's take even, you know, now when we're recording this, it's January. And I felt my clients, some of them wanting to rush digestion from the last year because yeah. they were just wanting, they're like, Eric, I have to make the vision board. You know, we're like, I have to make the vision board. And I, I'm like, it's, you're putting so much pressure on yourself to change from December 31st to January 1st. You know what I mean? Like, and I felt them panic of like, what's my theme. And even a little bit in me, like, what's my theme of the, uh, of the year? Like I have to create my vision board. What am I creating? And I'm like, you had so much happen in this year. You know, like some people did, you know, experience deaths or breakups. I'm like, you can't, rush past that Mm -hmm. you know like we have to like you said make space to actually process deal with it look at it versus like I want to shove this under the rug to then create something new so I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's we do have to honor the truth of what's happening and I think we put a lot of like arbitrary time stamps on things and that then becomes adds more pain to the pain that we're already experiencing ramps up the need to want to be productive too you know what I mean? Yes, like, exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh, I guess I should be okay now. It's like, no, you shouldn't. Right, you know, I'd like, be better by now. Yeah. Or like yep. the added expectation, whether it's a timeline that's too short or too long. Like, if you feel okay, then you're questioning, like, but I shouldn't, I shouldn't be feeling okay yet. You know? Yes. Or like, oh yeah. God, I won't feel okay for two fucking years. Like, that's painful to even think about that. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's why. I hate the bypassing shit in the, you know, coaching community of like the manifest, like that is so great. I love creating, I love sparkly objects. You know, I love the feathers, but 
there's a conversation that we need to have and we need to look at. And I think it ostracizes people because they're like, oh, I'm going through grief. So that means I can't have the sparkly thing. And that's not fucking true. You know what I mean? Like the world is nuanced. You know what I mean? Like you can be going through, you can simultaneously be going through such earth shattering grief and also witness something beautiful. Right. You know, and it's funny because a lot of, you know, in the community, it's very like sparkle, 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 grief, 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 grief. And I'm like, most of the time they coexist. And that feels so wild to coexist. Like I am, my heart is broken and whoa, I can really appreciate this thing. Mm -hmm. And again, that's something I do want to normalize that most of this shit is merged and we don't talk, we talk about it like it's, you know, separate and that it's usually not separate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's like a certain community in a community on Instagram, right? It's it's all that like I can do this and you can do this and you know, boss bitch your life away and all this stuff. And then it's like, but like that's not all the time. What do I say? Right. Yeah, like what is happening? Like that's just you can't I don't know. You can't manifest everything, I don't think. Well maybe I don't know. Right. And you, Erica? (laughs) No. (laughs) I I wish. (laughs) You know, and it's like, and you know, it's so fun. I think about this now, like I now, you know, worked on bringing this partner closer. Now I have a partner that I've been actively, the amazing partner that I've actively, actively been working on bringing towards. Mm -hmm. And there's other areas that are hitting the fucking fan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like shit is hit. So it's, it's so funny because we have, and we have the illusion and that's something else that we do too, is like, everything's going to be hunky dory one day. Everything's going to be perfect. And I'm not, and that's why I love pleasure too, because it has such a sense of humor. Cause it's like, Oh bitch, I know you're in yeah. the shit. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not trying to say like, you're going to have the perfect house and you're going to have the partner and you're going to have a six figure month every single month. Like it's no, it's very, why I like pleasure is she, to me, at least she's a gritty bitch. Like yeah. <laughs> meaning like she is a DIY. She's like, girl, I know exactly where you are and that's okay. We're going to make this situation, which is painful and yucky. I see you. I, I, she meets for me, this part meets me where I'm at and it doesn't mm-hmm. try to change me. It's not trying to you have a six figure month. Like, yes, I can have goals, but she sees me and she meets me right where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love the pleasure conversation too. It's like, I could be in a, a state of deep grief and I can also feel my body and I could also breathe and, you know, like it, I think we're not talking about nuanced, like, and that's the Instagram life is just like washing, like boss babe, you know, manifest. Yeah, come follow me, do this. And it's like, that's not going to fucking work in my life. <laughs> right, like, like, like ah. <laughs> not charging crystals tonight. I don't know what you want me to do, but that's not going right. to bring me pleasure or joy that's just gonna make me feel like an idiot like that's my Listen, personal truth <laughs> I mean I charge all the crystals and I'm I, like, I, have, I have them I have them but I'm not yeah, on like, the moon you know in my chest out like I don't know what I'm supposed to do sometimes <laughs> right right and it's so funny because it's like this quote-unquote woke community and it's also filled with so much shame mm. like well, we're you know like yeah the, the, like you should be doing this this, this. yeah the unhealed trying to do the healing almost yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's you, I mean, I think we feel it, you know, when people are just regurgitating shit, it's like, stop, that's not a full human experience. And that another reason why I'm obsessed with the pleasure shit is because when you, 
this is again, why people don't go towards it. Right. So we talked about like the worthiness piece, trauma, when I'm asking you to feel deep pleasure, usually then you're allowing yourself to feel deep pain. And it's like, you're, you know, because then they're like, okay, I'm finally allowing myself to feel, oh my gosh, how yummy this feels on my skin or how amazing this food tastes or holy fuck. I feel like I'm on LSD listening to this music. But when you can feel that goodness so deeply, you usually then can feel pain, which is great because then it can move through you quicker, you know, instead of being like avoiding it, but then you could feel things more deeper. Yes, people are very avoidant of this, but I'm in the camp. I, I don't know how long I'm here. You know, like I want this to me is being fully alive, mm-hmm. like being fully alive to holy fuck. That was like a, you know, amazing experience. That was such a high and holy fuck. I felt that heartbreak so deeply and people are scared of that. You know, people are scared of feeling really, really good shit, but they're also scared of feeling really dark shit because there's a fear of what if I never get out of this? But usually when you feel it, you get out of it, you know, you know, grief and all that, you never really get out of it, you know? So that's, I want to put that disclaimer on there, but other things, usually when you really feel it, it moves through you quicker. Yeah. opposed to I'm gonna dodge this I'm gonna dodge this Ha-ha, I'm avoiding this I'm avoiding this I'm avoiding this yeah so it's it makes sense why people want to avoid this work it feels scary as fuck you know what it's very armor's off yeah yeah it's very and you know I a coach that I follow and I actually was like damn she's right is she's you know we talk about pleasure 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 she's like pleasure is actually the work of like um it's like shadow work which you wouldn't expect because you would think pleasure is, you know, the pink boas. Mm-hmm. Pleasure work is fucking shadow work because you are confronting your worthiness. You're confronting your trauma. You're confronting why all your shit. Yeah. All your shit of like, no, I, I'm deserving. I'm worthy. I'm safe. I'm safe to feel pleasure. And that's a big thing too, is like, people don't feel safe, um, to hold something good or just to hold, mm-hmm. um, And that's safety is a huge component of the pleasure conversation um, that I think we skirt over, but it's funny. It's, you know, we think it's love and light and it is sometimes, but the work of pleasure is like um, a kind of a shadowy thing to address, you know, because you're confronting your demons of like, I'm worthy and deserving of doing this work. You have to have the dark for the light to be able to show up. Yeah. It's true. It's true. But we don't talk about that. We're just like, hee 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 white Mercedes it's like I hate I I you know what I'm talking about you when I say white Mercedes I know you know and I get it I feel it in my bones yeah yeah it's like oh like it's there's a part of it that's attractive because I think I know for me it's like I'm like maybe that is real you know like I'm under the illusion of like maybe all my problems could go away but then I'm like Erica that it feels so fluffy and it doesn't feel so full Mm -hmm. so that's why I am an advocate for being fully alive for feeling all the feels for holding such radiance and joy and then also in the same breath holding deep earth shattering grief because yeah. i that's how i want to go out you know what i mean like 100 hopefully it's in a very long time but that's how i don't want to go out of just the fucking cotton candy bullshit like i don't i want to go out and be like i loved hard i fought hard i grieved hard i you know laughed hard like i i want that type of life versus the he 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 like coasting energy. it looks good on the surface but inside the mess yeah yep exactly let the mess come out too yeah I want to be sliding into my grave for sure freezing hair yeah. and all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean seriously I do yeah. no I'm about it I'm about it it's so real too like first of all it's like you're alive and you're real but it's like then you have 
you know, real connection like this, you know, like you have real connections. It's, it just adds such a deep richness to life versus just like, ugh, it's just like the coasting and waking up and doing the same shit every day. Like, I don't, I have no interest yeah, in subscribing we don't that to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, ew. Yeah. We're like, no, no, we're going to make a lot of mistakes and we'll just learn along the way. And that's yeah. the beauty of it for sure. It is. It is. It's, I will pick that every day. Same, same. Your work is very spiritual, obviously. Where does your spirituality stem from? Like, where did that begin for you? I think I was, I told my mom this. She's like, that's not true, you liar. And I'm like, I think I'm right. <laughs> but I remember I said this. She's like, you're full of shit. And I was like, wait, I actually don't think I am though. But I thought, but apparently I'm full of shit. I remember I loved, see, so, okay. So this is why I think I'm also interested in so many religions is my mom's very Catholic, loves, you know, loves a good mother Mary. And then my dad's <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> and so I, yes. So I was like, Oh, you know, for me, that was great because then I got to explore. So, you know, for four minutes in my 20s, I was Buddhist. You know, I did the witch thing. You know, like it gave me permission to explore, um, which was really exciting. But I remember, and this is where my mom said I was a liar, is I was like, I would love the CCD. And part of me is like, oh, I want to be a nun. It lasted four seconds, truly. Um, but because I think I was like, I, this, they would kick me out. I think every Catholic schoolgirl goes through that. We're like, maybe that's my path. Maybe that's yeah. my path. <laughs> I never I went like, through that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to Catholic school? Because I mean, that will you will have that thought at some point. <laughs> I was like, I am a nun. Cut to yeah. twenty years later. I'm like, okay, let's talk about pleasure. They'd be like, yeah. out you go. Exactly. Like literally, exactly. I'm like, I would have absolutely been burned at the stake if we were in the 1600s. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I laughed. All minutes, of us, like you said, but the thought comes in and goes. The four minute time frame, exactly. <laughs> it does. It's true. So. I had that, you know, thing going, which I think was such a benefit, you know, because it wasn't just like, this is what it is. And so I had the, you know, kind of accidentally the permission to explore all these different, you know, religions. I always love religions. I always thought it was fascinating. And then, you know, it's funny, I was a very, as you can tell, like over the top, like, whoa, kid, you know, and simultaneously again life is nuanced I remember like before it was cool I was like mom can you take me to the health food shop and she's like what the fuck is a health food shop you know like it was before green juice you know like it was before it was cool she's like what are you talking about and I'm like mom we need to go vitamins you'll be fine she's like this is bullshit it's like why are we going here and so I was like mom please you know so I like loved it you know and it's so funny very nuanced here I am eating McDonald's but I'm like I need to do you know my VCA VCR tape with Rodney yoga you know so like that and that's why my practice is such a hodgepodge because it's it's my my truth but I always was so interested in it like I always loved spirituality and so actually before I shifted into the pleasure stuff I was doing more spiritual coaching but that's like people don't want to hear like that's a that's a vibe you know as you can hear in my work it's like so infused in my work but like being a spiritual coach people are like <laughs> anyway you know like people don't know what to do with that and you, you are know? a nun <laughs> yeah yeah they're like um why am I paying you for this you know like what, <laughs> what is your services <laughs> so so that's you know that kind of came and went but it's very informative of my work now and if people want to get like super woo with me like I'm like great let's go and people are like I want none of that you know or I don't want to be told any of it I'm like great I'm will happily respect your wishes mm-hmm. wow it's very lol 
very lol. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you all damn day. I know. I, I love you guys. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like more, more, more. It's so fun. <laughs> we'll grab wine. I'll see you guys at five. Yeah. I'm like, all right, okay. we'll be back. <laughs> oh my goodness. I also feel like I should ask you questions. I'm like, I guys, I feel so selfish. I know. I'm like, I, I know. I'm like, oh my gosh. I just feel like we have so much to discuss. <laughs> You're going to have to come back for sure. Yeah. You'll have to come back. I will happily come back. So Erica, where can people find you? Yes, on all of the places, uh, but on the gram, of course, like, we, you know, I love that I shit on Instagram and I'm like, follow me on Instagram and let's look at my, my white Mercedes, um, follow. <laughs> but follow the good highlights of my life at Instagram. Yeah. Um, and that's at we, the light underscore LLC. And then I have free gifts for people. Um, if they want to take me up on it, obviously I have the podcast, um, I have a free ebook because I want people to feel supported in this work. I know we just like vomited a ton of shit out. So I want people to feel like, oh, wait, like I, what do I do next with this? Um, and they can get all the, and I have, um, I lied. So go to the Instagram. I have the podcast. I have a free ebook. And if you've heard the podcast, you know how I roll every month. What I do is I open up with some spots because I want people to feel like this work is accessible. And then I close them because she's a crazy busy lady. Um, but you can get all of that, uh, the free stuff on my website, which is www.wethelight.org. And that last thing I was talking about is a free 60 minute session. We kind of go in, we talk about, you know, what you need, how I can support you and we do it up. So that's at my website. Stalk my Instagram. I'm your friend. I can't wait. Oh <laughs> listen to her podcast. You laugh, you cry. Yeah, go listen to her podcast. In it. <laughs> it's, it's the best. It's so bingeable. It's so much fun. Like, like Leanne said, she's like, you have to listen to this. And she's already told like five people about it. I was I have. today. <laughs> and um, it, it's so good. Keep, keep up the good work because it's, it's amazing. It's yeah, really helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You know how it is. You feel like you're talking, like I, I forget people listen. Yeah. Right. Until they're like, I oh, love that. I'm like, it. oh yeah. I'm like, I, you do? I thought I was talking to no one. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. We get it. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh wait, people are actually moved by this. I'm just talking to myself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so thank oh, you. Yes. Thank any support thank you thank you yes you guys are the best thank you so much if you'd like to join in on the conversation we invite you to come be a part of the hdc community you can find us on facebook and instagram by searching at have the combo for information on all of our shows guests and more visit htcpod.com while you're there be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode talk soon, soon.